Welcome to Bailing, Scanning and Barbecue. My name is Lawson Watt and I'm a former hunting and fishing guy. Join me on the live stream and podcast every Thursday night. I interview guests from all over Australia and the world. Join me on my YouTube channel as I bring you highs and lows of the adventures I do with my mates and myself. So don't forget to check it out and subscribe. Thanks guys. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of uh, the live show podcast live stream uh, with uh, Lawson, Bailing Sky and Barbecue. Today I've got a good guest. Um, I've been crook all week, guys, so I apologise if I'm sniffling and I'm blah nose and farting and tooting and all that kind of crap, but um, yeah, I've soldiered on. I've taken more codril than recommended and we're um, going to soldier on. So as I say, harden up. So my guest today, guys, is the weird kid. Ooh, can't say it properly. Whiz Kids Adventures, okay, Robert Tibia. Um, Robert is in New South Wales. I'll let him tell you a bit more about it. Um, I came across uh, Robert's channel through Breno's Outdoors, the guy we had on last week. And um, one thing that draws me to uh, Rob's channel is his passion, uh, his, his passion, his drive. Uh, a lot of his hunts are by himself. Uh, and, yeah, I'll give him credit. And uh, he's uh, very good to watch. And... Um, yeah, he he cuts himself short, but we'll um, we'll get him on. G'day, mate. How how you doing? Hey, Lawson. Thanks for having me on today, mate. It's all good, mate. Um, mate, tell us tell us about yourself. Um, yeah, we'll we'll start with the how are you, um, and we'll go on to the straight for the next question is uh, where you're from. Um, yeah, good. Uh, not hunting as much as I am, but uh, looking for a good summer heading up. Actually, um, from Sydney, Western Sydney, particularly. Um, been here all my life, and um, yeah, primarily a New South Wales state forest hunter. Okay, so mate, um, what do you do for work? If you don't mind us telling us, what do you? That's right. Um, I work at a high school. Um, not as a teacher. I work in learning support. Uh, so I work with kids that have um, disabilities or diagnosis, um, and then a whole bunch of behavioural kids that are thrown into the mix as well. Um, it's a yeah, it's it's, it's definitely tough at times. Um, but it gives me the holidays to get out and get into the bush and do what I love. So that's a big reason why I'm behind it. Sneaky three o'clock finish and uh, head out to the, the forest. Yeah, 2.30 at our school actually. So oh, um, yeah, yeah, even, yeah. even better. That'll be the um, day. Well, I've, always yeah. wanted to be, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, not to, you know, like uh, have that teacher hours. Um, it was always something that interested me. And then I saw four years of study and a debt that I could never probably pay. Um so I went with disability support worker because um, six months training and, uh, you know, that's about it. I've got my own little business going now. So um, anyway, enough about me. So, mate, um, married, single, kids? Um, uh, yeah, married. I've uh, been with my wife oh, ridiculous amount of years, met in high school. We just had our eighth wedding anniversary um, and our third kid five months ago in two days. So. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, yes. Well, wow. I'll, um, I'll, ch- I'll chuck it up there. I'll try and find the kids. So, so for guys, Rob is a, a very family man. And go back to the start. And we've got little Bubba there. Uh, and young, two girls, mate, or a girl and a boy, or uh, three. So, uh, three. girl first. Yeah, girl first. Everly, um, then Sully, 
Um, my second is a boy and um, Luella, who's our most recent addition. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'd need a dictionary to get those names right. I think I'll just spell <laughs> it a few times. It's a thesaurus to work out the meanings and so yeah. on. Oh, you're lucky. You got the boy in there. I've got three girls. So um, anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How'd you how'd you get into hunting? How how did it all start? I, I see your your father is a is I'm guessing it's your father. He, he's a he has plays a big role in your um your YouTube channel, which we'll get into in a bit later on. But tell us how you got started and, and um what's where's the passion from? Where's where's the drive? Because like I was saying in the intro, your um your your passion and your and your your drive and the hunting on your YouTube videos and obviously you know you, you do a bit of hunting without the camera every now and then but um, yeah, it's unreal, mate. Your, your drive is so good. So tell us about how you got into it. How did you get into this hunting stuff? So dad's dad's always been a hunter. Um, my dad and my uncle particularly. However, it was more of a escape, a getaway for him opposed to a, a way of life, which I sort of feel I've taken it and it's really moulded who I am and what I want to be in the future. Um I played a lot of sport as a kid, so weekends were, were always full and I never got to go away. Well, very rarely. Dad or Dad would always go on his yearly or bi-yearly trips, one out west to Nimbaji to hunt pigs and goats and one down to down south to one of the state forests to um, chase deer. And sometimes he'd come back with nothing and I'm like, man, what do you do? Walk around for a week and shoot nothing or you see a few things and – like, I just didn't quite understand it. I guess when you're playing a sport, like you're playing an hour long or 90-minute game and that's it, like that you, you're pumped up for that and it's over at the end. And I didn't quite understand or have that connection to walking around the bush for days on end chasing one animal. Um, and it wasn't until that sort of finished in my early 20s that I sort of needed something to sort of fill that void. Um and in New South Wales, we actually have a couple of forests where they're balloted during the rut. Um, and not recently or not as of recent, but you used to be able to book a, put your ballot in as a pair, so two people. Now it's down to one. And um, Dad got the ballot one year and he said, I don't care what you're doing, Rob, you're coming with me. Um, a lot of people know the forest. It is Moragul. Um, yes, it's full of deer. Um but yeah, it's heavily booked out, so hence the ballot. And yeah, we we went down there, and although I've always had a license, and Dad had always kept up my renewals, I'd never actually shot a deer, never actually hunted a deer, apart from the odd fox and one goat when I was a kid. Like it was never bred into me as such. Um, so after that one trip during the rut, where we'll just Croak, hearing croaks the whole time, getting honked at by Samba. Um, even lined a couple up at a time, but me being very inexperienced, didn't pull the trigger. I was too worried about making sure it was right, checking with dad and the rest of it. And um, yeah, after that, I was hooked. Like, that was it. Like, I knew this is what I was wanting to do. And um, yeah, from then on, it was just like, okay, um, what what's next? Where do we go? <laughs> and that's... Um... You're obviously taking you're taking your kids out now, mate. Is that you and uh, is that your son? I'm guessing or your daughter? And your yeah. So I'm I'm trying to. Um, it, it's definitely testing um, at, at times. Um, trying to have that balance and sort of find forests that you are able to hunt with your kids. Um, 
that forest air particularly was a bit of a torture. Um, that's that's uh, only the start of a long way down a very steep hill. Um, and yeah, the, the way back up was the packing out my child essentially. So, um, it's, it's, it's not the easiest, um, to take a kid there trying to be quiet and, um, yeah, it'd be very difficult to drag them along. No, but what I am trying to get them out and expose them to as much of that as possible from a young age, obviously, um, when we go out and we bring stuff back, they, they know, what you brought back but they understand the process and what you've actually gone through so um exposing our kids and helping our community to grow because i guess although my dad was always a hunter always had had rifles and did that himself i was exposed very little to that until later on and now like our relationship has grown tenfold um doing something we both love together ever since so it's it's amazing the um you know they try and take they'll try and take hunting away from us every couple of years or pretty much on the go all the time. But, you know, tradition, basically you're just talking tradition. Like your father took you, um, I've already taken one of my daughters, um, you know, and my father took me. It was just, yeah, you know, you, you can't, you can't beat tradition. It's just one of those things. It's just, um, you know, uh, Raf from Duck and Hunting Australia, his grandfather to his dad, all, all you know, duck hunters and shooters and, um, you know, it's it's very sad. I, I see you um on for anyone who wants questions, put them in the comments and um I'll happily read them out. Um, I see you and on the on the moment, God, I can't talk today. Um, on your socials, you're um you're trying to link people together. What what's the go there? I I've noticed a post come out this week. Um, so you you you're promoting people, you're helping, you're trying to get the word out. What what what's going on with that, mate? Yeah, so I've had this, been stewing on this idea for a while and I think it sort of stems from the negativity in our hunting community, which when you think about it, it's a sad thing. Like every community or every group has negativity in one way or another, but in a community where we're so susceptible to large negativity, especially when we're talking about greens and the rest of it, we really need to band together. And this this week or last week it was, that really sort of like popped the bubble was a guy had shot some monstrous, like massive red stags, two of them. And like many people that follow the state forest stuff or hunting Australia, New South Wales will probably know the post. And this guy got like beaten up. Everyone was like ragging on him. There were a couple guys going, man, like they're great animals. And like, I don't think we need it. Like if you have your, a negative opinion, that's fair enough. And, like, we don't know what the situation is. Is he shooting for a farmer that has pests that are eating his crops? Is he shooting for meat, which 90% of us do to start off um, If he was trophy hunting, yes, they're in velvet. They Some of them were close to be close to growing. Um, but, like, that negativity just affects us as a whole. So I was just trying to create something that to bring more people together and share more positiveness and help each other out, promote each other, because spreading the word spreading each other it just helps our community grow more and more couldn't agree more mate that's um yeah not a wise a wiser word was not said so yeah i i couldn't agree with you there mate i couldn't agree with you there more because um we we're our own worst enemies um you know social media is is i love it but i hate it um i'll go through weeks where i just won't touch it um and then i'll have a good run for a while and, and um 
you know, try and try and make a big effort out of it. And for some days, it just I won't even bother it because it's just it's so demoralising. Um, you know, people give you the shits, saying the wrong thing, um, talking down. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's just it's just not needed. And um, I I've I've been personally looking at other avenues and all that kind of stuff. And I've seen. Um, are you a are you a member of the hunting club? Uh, I noticed you in a couple of pictures there. Is are you a member of the hunting club? Uh, I think not, it's the Australian hunting club they call it. Not yet. I um, a few blokes from Winter Garby Hunters and Anglers, which I am a part of. Yeah. Um, they've started the podcast Endless Pursuit. Shout out to them. Yeah. Um, and they they've joined up um, with that, and they're trying to do a similar thing. They're trying to get blokes together, um, whether it be different states just banding people together, make connections, build relationships um, and spread that positivity. So it's another positive thing that the hunting community is doing, um, getting people together because a lot of people hunt by themselves or a lot of people hunt forest particular areas, a lot of people hunt private, um, but bringing all those people together with all different hunting reasons, different hunting areas, it just helps grow and in the end helps everyone out. Yeah, no, I just I, I just saw in a picture the other day, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna ask you about that. And I'll, um, yeah, because it, it's great causes, you know, like-minded people getting getting to know each other, getting to talk. Um, in Queensland, don't think we have too much of that. Um, they've obviously got a, a club. Um, they have little meetings every now and then. I think they've got one in Toowoomba coming up as a final year one. Um, For the ADA. Or- yeah, got, well, you got ADA, um, and then you've also got the one I think we were talking about, which I think is called the, the, the Hunting Club Australia. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll double-check my facts before I say anything. Um, there's a few of them getting around, you know, with those positive, you know, wanting to say the right thing, the right look, um, you know, and actually going up and saying to someone, hey, mate, that's not probably the right thing to say or do uh, or film. Um, so um, I've noticed a lot in your films with um, – a lot of the times you didn't do kill shots, I noticed. Um, yeah, and it's good on you for that. Um, you know, I, I haven't done it yet. I probably will start getting there because it's not the nicest. I got copped a bit of slack last time for uh, for shooting a dingo, which some people aren't too fond of. But um, if I said I didn't do it, the property owner would kick me off. So um, anyway, we'll keep we'll keep on topic. So, um, mate, tell us about your YouTube channel. Um, Tell us how you got into it and, and how it started and um, what's the goals? So, what, what are we now? 2020. So, 2019, 2018, Dad um, had a medical condition. We won't talk about that. And um, just sort of really hits home. Like, sometimes you might not be forever. So, we started planning things and it was like right before COVID, we, um, we'd already – his dad turned 60 the year before. So we planned to go to um, Water Valley and that got shut down with COVID. So he got transferred to the next year and I was 30 that year. And on the same year, I, I'd already told him I was going to Cape York on a, a full drive trip and just putting all these things in motion to sort of like make the most of our time. And yeah, I just started filming stuff. i not sh- whether it was, a coincidence or it all sort of came together at once. And during COVID, I really started putting together that footage and making memories and montages that you can look back on and um, relive all your experiences. And I guess that sort of just snowballed and 
couple of people liked what I doing I was doing and I sort of didn't mind the creative stage. I I can sort of look back on some videos and see I've come a long way from editing and the rest of it. Um, but yeah, that's just where it started off and um, where I hope it goes. Uh, I don't know. I hope it goes somewhere. I guess oh, we all do. We do put a lot of time into um, not just liking cameras around and trying to think of what to film when we're out hunting, but then putting it all together and sort of trying to make a story as we do it. But I, I, I'm pretty sure at this stage, I'm just going to keep making them for, for the memories. Like I've even done a, a couple with family holidays and that, and just putting it together to, to look back on. Like I think photos are a bit of a thing of the past. Um, a lot of people have photos these days. I know even with taking Christmas photos for the kids, we have Christmas photos, but then we don't put them up anywhere or do anything. So turning things into moving memories as in movies, um, jump on YouTube and like even a week and the kids will be like, oh, I want to watch our foster holiday. So we just jump back on and watch it together and the kids love doing that. Um, but, yeah, when I can look back on some hunts with dad or even just relive hunts I've done, oh, I think that's – um cool and i'll just continue to do that i can see you've um you've taken a, a bit of a loving to the photography side of things you've got some um some really nice photos there of uh nighttime and uh, your, your tracks your, your full driving tracks and stuff like that so um, yeah and you can like you said during the the process you can slowly and I, same goes for me my first few videos are um dirty old gopro and <laughs> so uh, looks terrible and um you know you slowly you buy a drone, you buy, you know, you buy this, you buy that, and a gimbal and all that kind of hoo-ha, and um, I think I'm about $10,000 deep in, in photography gear now and um, still can't use it. So um, Yeah, the possibilities are endless, but, yeah, you got to know what to do with them, I guess. I'm still running the old little GoPro hero on my shoulder. It's I, just... I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Is that just a – that's just a GoPro with a. I haven't. I've never seen a shoulder harness. So. It's, it's just just a strap on my pack, like a, a wrist oh. strap. Or a, so I've just strapped it around the um. Yeah, around oh. the the. Backpack. Yeah, yeah, and it just runs off that. It's a it's a quick push button. Um, yeah. Okay. At, at times, it's annoying because you can't one you can't hold sling your rifle on that shoulder, but two half the time I forget to push it and I, I miss kill shots. Well. Um, I would, I'm normally, if I see something, the backpack's off. So, um, and if I have it on my head, I never remember it. Um, you know, the, the times I do remember, it's great footage, but um, got to wear, I found, have to wear a hat because you have that, I don't know, like it just sits it's there and it yeah. just sits there nicely and a little bit more stable. Um, mm. But like half the time I forget. Um, I yeah, that's like, yeah, I'm actually looking at the – I think the new GoPros or last year's model has a hindsight feature. So as long as you can actually push play and it saves the the previous minute or something. So I'm looking to get one of those. So when I do I forget – yeah. That's a good idea. That's a great idea because um, the amount of times if we've all looked at each other and gone, did anyone get that? And they'd be like, yeah. no. <laughs> it's, yeah. And that's when I just start getting furious because it's just like – there's four idiots and we still can't press play and record on a camera. It's just amazing. Um, and after the time when you try and tell your mates and you're like, yeah, I swear it happened. I swear it did. And they're just thinking. Or it happened when the camera's down here. That's yeah. the other things. And that's a lot of time now when I go, I, well, I, when I go with people, I, I have nothing to do with the hunt. I am just there to film. Um, my dad, when I was younger, used to go over to the golf and, um, and hunt some stations there and, 
dad being a probably the oldest of the group, he was always the cameraman and he always said to me, um, if you're going to be cameraman, be cameraman. Don't hunt, don't yeah. do anything else but be cameraman. And um, it's always been a pretty good little bit of, um, you know, hand me down because it's, it's done well in some areas. Um, you know, you get some nice footage. I uh, shouldn't be saying that because I've got some footage coming out next week and it's um, pretty dreadful. I look like I've got um, Michael J. Fox's Parkinson. Yeah. I, I can't. There's a, a mob of pigs in front of me and I'm sitting there like like this. It's probably first time I've seen pigs in 12 months. So um, anyway, let's um, get on to the next question. So, mate, tell us, uh, we talked about social medias a little bit of how you're trying to connect it all together on your posts. Quickly, tell us your for people who, who are watching, um, what are your YouTube, Instagram, and do you do a have you got a Facebook page? Uh, Facebook's just Robert Trivia. Um, yeah. Instagram Whiskey Adventures, and then yeah, YouTube Whiskey Adventures as well. Um, yeah. And Whiskey as in W I yeah W I Z not H I Z yeah sorry. That's all right. That's all right because um, yeah no it's it's uh, all good. Anyway, so um, what do you normally hunt, mate? We've, we've I've put up quite a few pictures so people obviously know is it just deer or goats or do you do you shoot the odd pig or what what do you so state forests i guess are, are a mixed bag um especially in the regions we hunt a lot of them have lots of game um and when you do find the areas the games are the game is you can i mean one day see all three or four goats deers pigs fox um bunnies um, and I, yeah, I remember fondly a, a hunt out west where uh, shot a fox, uh, saw pigs run off, shot a deer all in 30 minutes. So, um, <laughs> the trifecta, yeah. I, I, <laughs> there's a few boys that have done goats, pigs, and deer, so that I, I'd call that the um, the trifecta for New South Wales State Forest. Um, <laughs> I haven't done that one yet, but that'd be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I um, when I'm out and about, I if I see a feral. Uh, fox or a pig, I'm definitely, definitely trying to shoot that first and put that on the deck. They have a massive impact to our native animals. Um, even when I am deer hunting, uh, some people tend to not they not ruin their hunt, which is fair enough. Um, but yeah, if if I can have a shot, I'm definitely trying to definitely not letting them walk and continue damaging what we already have. Um, yeah, but yeah, did. Go on. Sorry. Sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. You I was going to say, yeah, obviously I'm going out. My my primary aim is to fill the freezer um, and keep that topped up. Whatever I get, half always goes to my parents anyway. So I always, even if dad's not with me, that's feeding the family um, and giving back to what dad's given me is always first point of call. So That's good stuff, mate. Um, you obviously love your full driving a bit there too. That's the old fella's... Um, you went on a guided hunt there, mate. Tell us a bit about that. Um, it's on one of your, your films, um, and I, I loved it. I, I watched it a couple of times actually over the, over the week because it's um, it's been it was a good one. It's just I was so jealous watching big stags walk around and you're just sitting there watching. Yeah, them. yeah. So, uh, so quickly, just tell us about that. But also, what what gun are you using, mate? Um, so up in, uh, my recent guns are Ruger 308, Ruger American Go Wild. Um, good man, good man. E everything up until that, um, my dad's uh, Weatherby uh, okay. Series 1. And it, like 
I can put that gun up to my shoulder anytime and it just fits right in that spot. It's it's more comfortable than my Ruger, to be honest. So I guess it's that that natural. Um, yeah. it's a, you've shot shot it for so long and it just goes up and you just feel comfortable. Um, so, yeah. I do, that, like the, I do like those Rugers, but the, um, the old boy's got a 270 Ruger and uh, it's um, – it makes a, it makes a nasty hole, and that's for sure. Yeah, well, the the um the three hundred eight and go wild comes with a factory muzzle, so Dad hates when I'm hunting with it next to him. And <laughs> if I tell you what, after my last trip, if you don't have your plugs in, you're definitely going to do some ear damage, which probably us hunters <laughs> don't don't do enough. And I came home and had that ear tinnitus or whatever you want to call it for a couple yeah, of days. Humming sound. It's, yeah, um, it's nothing better. I I. Yeah. I did the same thing. I've got a muzzle on my Kimber 308 and I am um, our family friend, uh, big Dave. Um, he's probably, probably listening to this in the truck um, as he's driving. He, um, <laughs> he, he saw my muzzle break on the end of it and he, he nearly threw the gun at me saying, you're an idiot. Get that thing off. Um, Cause he, he, I gave him a shot and he just said, ah, oh, stuff that that's too loud. Um, so I'll, I'll, I should take it off. I've just been too lazy to do it. So yeah, a bit of a kick. Yeah, well, it's only that it comes with it. Like it, it doesn't it didn't come with the option with the, um, yeah. the just thread on the cap. So I can probably get one made up or purchase one. I just haven't got around to it. And yeah, yeah, I think mine mine's a wind off. I bought mine second hand. I got pretty lucky with mine. Um, I bought one because I took one up uh, when I was guiding in Cape York. A guy had a Kimber, and it was just the, the lightest gun I've ever felt. And um, I don't mind kick. I don't care too much. I'm I'm chunky boy, so I'm happy to take a hit. Um, but yeah, the Kimber is just so light. And ever since I picked, um, old mates up when I was guiding, I just said, ah, oh, I got to get one of them. They're um, I'm not walking around the paddock with a big old heavy Seiko or you know the, the old heavy ones. I just can't. It's too heavy for me. So um, and I I got bad shoulders. So I'm like going to the lightest possible. Um, mate. On your on your clips, um, I see you do a lot of research. You put a lot of time in, in effort. Um, tell us about that um, because obviously, yeah, your research is leading to success. Um, because that'll take us into the next questions of your skinning and your and your tanning and stuff. So tell us a bit about your 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 um your research, so to speak. So probably most blokes at Hunt State Forest either started out and had a, a dry a long dry spell or have experienced a dry spell at some stage and um when we started out it was i think six trips um after that first trip on the ballot before we actually got an animal on the deck um saw an animal got an animal on the deck in one of our local forests so i guess that puts it down to how hard it is and how much work you do have to put in um, but it will come a stage that you start to go, hang on, these patterns are repeating. I'm seeing the deer here at this time or they're crossing here or they're doing that. So, and that's not just forest dependent. That is also forest dependent. Their patterns will change. And yeah. unless you're out and you're scouting, you're dropping cameras, you're walking 20, 30 Ks in a weekend and covering ground. Like let's take even hunting out of the question. If you see something, you see something. But if, unless you're, you're doing that extra ground and, and say in the area has, I don't know, a lot of pressure during a certain period of time or during the rut per se. It's, 
you, of course, animals are going to come back and move through it, but it might not be the same. So I'm always looking for new areas to hunt, new thing, new regions. And another big thing that we're losing at the moment with the state forest is the amount of hunting, available hunting area. A lot of it is unhuntable. Forests are getting logged heavily um, where we are and some really productive spots are now gone. So unless you've got extra other spots to go to, you're leaving yourself hanging in the dark really so so mate you what are you doing to to affect that you're obviously doing some scouting but you're chucking trail cameras out or what's to go there yeah so if if i uh, i am on a a sign or in a patch that i do have fresh pins fresh scat um or i've seen animals there i am obviously leaving some cameras out um i try not to leave cameras out too long because i've heard some (laughs) horror stories of people's cameras getting pinched um, I do have a little note in there saying, just have a look, just see what's about, but leave my camera, please. Give me a call if you want. Um, because if someone's in, I guess a lot of people are super protective of their spots, but there's ju- there's there's definitely a great number of blokes that are working their ass off and I can pretty much go, I've met a lot of blokes online that are hunting the same spots as me or I've walked past their trail camera or they've seen mine. And that's usually what happens. Like, it's these all these places aren't secrets, but the people that have worked their ass off know where they're asked, know where they are. So, um, yeah, no, no, it's it, I give you credit because you know, um, how far is the drive to, to where you're going? Um, closest I could probably get there in two hours. Um, my well, favorite, it's not, for, yeah, it's not, not an easy little, um, you know, stroll, it's a two hour drive, stay overnight, you know. And, Drop the cameras. Yeah. Fair, uh, fair intaking, and you know, have you have you had a camera pinched yet, mate? I have not. So, the longest I've left the camera out is four weeks, um, and I was only confident to do that with a. It was a really remote part of the forest. Like I was pretty certain I wasn't going to have anyone out there unless they knew where that was. And if they did know where that was, I was hoping they were going to be a, a respectable hunter that was going to leave it there. So. Yeah. Um, I think that comes down, you know, to obviously what we were talking about before with connections and that, um, you know, I, if they know you're going in there and most hunters, if, if you know the area and you know that, that spot, um, you know, if they see you, they're going to come and talk to you. Um, you know, I've, I've gone to a caravan park or it was more of a camping ground and I saw another pig hunter there and I actually, I knew him and I went over and had a chat to him and, um, you know, it was you got to build that rapport, I guess. And also if you spot them out camping, they come and say, g'day, you know, you might be, they might be able to get some tips off you and vice versa. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, mate, what's the go with Juan Marana? Um, I saw, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate, I had three of them and I, I, I wasn't a fan of them at all. So, um, Oh, really? I, I, I do. I love the look of them. I love the, um, we got, well, Further uh, ex relationship, um, she has she's got two I think now, but um, the main bitch we bought years ago, she was a nice dog, really good, but the um, the male and the pups were just just idiots, and um, it just took so long for them to calm down. Um, oh yeah, that I, that's that's a part of them that like I, yeah. I my, my parents had a warmer on before I was around, and I had a warmer on growing up, and I knew when it was the time to get a dog, that was the dog we we're getting. There was there was no option with my wife, so. Um, yeah, oh, they they're, stay. they're beautiful dogs. They're just, yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. Look at, they're athletic. 
They're um, just the most uh, awkward, goofy dog as well. Like, in oh, mate, I, I, I took this thing for a walk one day and I, I said to my, my ex, I said, let, let it off, let's, let's see what she does. I said, She's not going to go far, she, she's too scared and timid. She'll, yeah, and she, ah, oh, she nearly killed herself on a star picket fence. I was, I was just. Just going batshit crazy down the flat, and I've whistled and just turned around and come back, and she's just hit this gully and nearly freaking landed straight. You know they've got such a deep chest, yeah. And um, I was just yeah. waiting for the star picket to go through the through the chest. I'm like, oh, yeah. so, well, I, I um I ha- I got a few points on the deer dog blueprint and um, researched a lot when he was younger, and I did try to put in enough time while he was young to go through those training principles. Whenever I brought um legs home or skin or we'd always go through those training drills of of him finding it and and the rest of it um we've actually got a a big dog park which is actually semi bushland um in suburbia here so i use that to my advantage but um a big thing i struggle with is getting him out often enough not living out um out in the bush where having access to forests um i think the last time i took him out it was a year, 18 months. So it, it's a it's long dry spells. Like I do say it all the time. He's a family dog before he's a hunting dog. Yeah. Um, but he has put us onto deer the few times he has been out and found a, a, a blood trail, which we lost. So um, even if that's all he does for me, it's um, great. But, yeah. It's, it's always good to have that company too, eh? Like, yeah, it's great to have that company and that, you know, and I've gone off and hunted by myself, you know, I don't really half the time I like going hunting by myself, but it's always good to have the dogs. You know, the dogs just sitting there. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, you got watching them is more interesting sometimes than talking to another hunter sometimes. You get a bit more a bit more information out of them too, if you're watching them properly. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's a that's a big thing. You really have to trust your dog and um uh, maybe I don't have enough trust in my dog, um, to just let him go. Um, especially I, I never take him out in, in summer in snake season and that could just be me worrying. I know dogs that are um, pig dogs or deer dogs per se, they, they do their job all year round and I've just got that real connection. I, I If something happens to my dog out there, I know I'd be a mess. I wouldn't be able to deal with that. So it's a bit, it's a big thing. And um, you know, when you, when you do buy that, that gun dog, that pig dog, that, you know, the deer dog, it, it's a big responsibility. And um, I haven't got dogs anymore. Um, one, I just, I can't handle them. I just, um, too much frustration. I can't hold a camera, tell a dog what to do and go hunting. It's just, it's too much for me. Um, you know, and I, I've, it's taken me a while to understand that and work that out. But, um, you know, when I was just hunting with no cameras, no dramas. Um, but having the, the family, the family dog and all that, a part of it, it's a big responsibility, you know. You don't bring Lexi home, or you know, don't bring, you know, Bones home. It's a, it's a big, big thing to, to um, yeah. It's a big argument waiting to come home to because I've had a few of them. Um, yeah. Know. Where's the, where's the pooch? Well, uh, sorry, she didn't make it. Um, it's, it's not a nice chat to, to have, and especially you got kids. You got to, you know, it's, it's a big responsibility, you know. So, mm. yeah, always strive for the best for the hands, but um, you know, I. I I have to agree with you what you're saying. It's a, it's a big responsibility to take them out and yeah, make sure they come back, especially where you guys are, heaps of snakes too. Yeah, like um, out, out west, I've seen tigers, browns, reds. Um, so 
yeah, I guess when you, you're you're keeping a lookout yourself, and I know people obviously do um, in those areas. They use them day in day out. They do snake avoidance training and the, and the rest of it. Um, just something I haven't put the time into doing. Which, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Hard family dog first. Um, All right, mate. We'll go grab a quick drink. We're gonna have a quick ad. Yeah, easy. To outfitters, to hunting athletes, and professional hunters. And you want the right camo? Check out Safari Supply Co. The most comfortable gear on the market. Righto, mate. So you got uh, a cracking little um, video there I watched. Um, if I if I ever shot a fellow, I'll be watching that video probably 20 times. But the skinning process. Um, you did a cracking job on the skinning. Um, I, I, I watched the whole thing. Um I'm not a fan of skinning personally. Um, look at that. It's beautiful. How nice is that? So um, give us a bit of a, a talk about the, the process of skinning and tanning and, and going through the, the, the drying process and the, the process of the whole, you know. Talk, talk us about that video a little bit. So dad's always had fox skins and goat skins and that all lying in the house from, from forever. Um and when I did shoot my first, um, my first fellow, uh, and he was a young buck, and he was sort of like, "All right, well, now you're doing yeah. the skins. It's sort of a rite of passage." And um, yeah, he made he made, like obviously helped me along the way, but he made me do it. He made me learn it and go through all the principles. Like, if you're gonna take the life of an animal, you're gonna show it the utmost respect, and you're gonna take as much as you can and utilize as much as you can. So. Um, it's sort of something I've grown to, grown to enjoy doing. Um, I've actually started doing a few for mates now. So, um, and having my dad go through that process and really um, you come home and you boil the head and this is what you do for skin, you're salted and the rest of it and slowly take what he's gone on board and then add my own sort of, um, my own sort of learning curve uh, and going through it. So obviously, and I'm no, I'm no tanner. I'm no, I'm no professional. It looks fantastic what you've done. Um, but um, you know, the salting process. So to start from, if you've just shot it, what happens then, mate? Um, you want to get the skin off as soon as you can. Um, and if you can flesh it and get it into salt, a salt solution straight away, that's the best. Um, but I'm usually out in the bush, so straight back to camp. Um, salt it cover it lather it in salt um you never have enough salt uh that salt will start drawing the moisture out of the skin let that let that moisture get sucked out and you'll see the salt start you it will now become wet obviously re-salt it if you're still out there and usually by the second or third time it can then stay salted um it's not until you're then going to work on it so um, taxidermy job they love you for doing it yeah, that, that's right. So if you want to save it, um, however, don't ever salt. If you've caped something out, don't salt it unless you've turned all the ears, nose, etc. So, yeah, yeah. Um, talk about the back, the back part. Yeah, if you're just doing just doing the skin, yeah, get it salted. Um, yeah, and then if I can do it fresh, uh, you can flesh it with the old sort of blade, or flesh it with the pressure washer. It's probably the easiest with the pressure washer. Um, sometimes I enjoy doing it just. With, just to sort of go back to your roots and use a blade. Um, I brought it, bought a new weed, which is a real fancy blade by the looks of it to sort of help me out next year. Um, hopefully we get a few skins and I'll do a few for people. So 
Um, yeah, after what you flesh it. What do you say? Yes, like you, you're getting rid of the membrane, the, the yes. skin. Oh, sorry, the, the membrane for, for people who don't know what um, yeah. Rob's saying. So you've, you've skinned it, you've laid it down flat, and you're taking every bit of meat off possible. Then you're yeah. aiming to take off the membrane and get rid of the membrane. And um, you keep going, mate. You keep telling yeah, us. That's right. So if you, the better skinning job you can do and the, le- the less meat and the less, least blood you can have on it, the best. Um, and then when you are fleshing and you're taking whatever tiny bits are left, whatever fat, and you're really breaking that membrane down and off because when you put it in the tanning solution, you want that to penetrate and go through into the skin to obviously have the hair not slip. Um, so, yeah, after you walk, thoroughly wash it um, and it's been that salt solution, then goes in the tan. I just use a litre tanning kit, um, what Dad's always used. Um, I'm actually going to explore um, – alum and chrome a few boys are using having good success so explore that this does give you a bit of a greeny tinge but on the bottom but once it's sanded out it sort of goes gray so yeah. um much of a where, much but where do you buy a solution from mate um just off ebay um I, I try to i do sometimes go down to horsey park or abella's um if they've got the kits in stock but sometimes i just like to buy the big kits the two yeah. and a half liter kits just because i know i go through so much of it um and it can always be reused, so. Yeah, yeah, because you, you go through a fair bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, I try to uh, reuse the solution twice um, okay. or get two skins in at once. I'm yeah. um, Just add a bit more chemical to it, and that sort of gives you a bit a bit more longevity out of it. Um, when but, when you put this skin into the solution, mate, are yep. you putting it in the fridge or are you just leaving it in a cool uh, area? Uh, yeah, out of direct sunlight in the garage um, in a plastic container 20 litre container 30 litre container depends on how many skins you want to do and fit and your water content um with the appropriate chemical it's about 75 mils per kilogram um i'm using with deer um with that solution that is so it might differ um and you want to leave that in there until that you can see that chemicals penetrated all the way through and as you can see um in that video i've done a test cut and you can see how much the chemicals come up through um and you want to go all the way through to, to tan that skin. And then probably the, the bit that um, some blokes do and don't spend enough time is really pinning the board out, uh, yeah. pinning the skin out on the board and making it even. That's something I really try to do, which you almost have to think about when you're skinning as well. It's making sure you're cutting the same, same spot and having that even. So when you do pin and stretch it out, it does have that nice symmetrical shape. Um, see can, I'll see if I can find the picture for you. You're doing that. Um, see if I can find it somewhere. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I left. I've left a lot of my skins pinned out, stretched in that sort of um, stretch. Is, is that the only way you can do it? But um, no, a lot of the boys cut them um, and cut them to a, a round shape. I prefer that real stretched look. Um, and I guess it's what you're doing with your skin. Is it just a floor rug? Is it a... That's what you mean by pinning there, guys. Oh, hang on. So for the people who are watching, that's the... Um, God, uh, any video I already put on for two sec- two vi- mini seconds. There you go. So nailing it out, stretching it out, uh, fur down. And that's yeah. what's that doing there, mate? That's, that's drying it out, also stretching. Um, yeah, so any- you want stretch the skin back out um and then at that stage you're putting the leather lube on it which is 
sort of allowing it to get that flexibility. Otherwise, if you don't put any leather lube, that's just going to be super cardboardy um, as okay. it is. So um, that sort of shiny substance you can see is the leather lube that's been applied after it's been stretched out. Um, but yeah, the easiest way um, to find if you are doing it is have a couple lines on a, on a board, uh, a nice middle line, then usually in quarters. And that way you can sort of guide on, start with your dorsal obviously in the middle on that middle line. And then when you're stretching it, you can work out where each leg's going to or where you've pulled the belly out to, to sort of keep it symmetrical. Yeah. Is there, when you, when you buy your kits, mate, the, does the leather lube come in that as well? Or is it just yeah. solution? Yeah. So two and a half litre kit, a litre kit will get you two and a half litres of tanning solution, two and a half litres of leather lube. Um, you can buy them in 500 mil kits yeah. uh, as well. And it usually gives you a, just a standard fleshing blade, which I've done all my skins up until recently with. So, okay. Can you um when you when you're stretching it out, I've, I've for some reason I, I've, I've probably wrong here. I've seen some guys put them over a forty four gallon drum and stretched them downways. Is that is that a silly way? I, I don't know. I've, that's that was for kangaroo skins, by the way. Um, that might be related to the. The breaking process, um, it might just be because it is a flat surface and they can wrap it around. Um, yeah. But when you break it, I, I tend to sand a lot of my skins to break it. Um, obviously, skin, when it's when it's dried, it's like anything. If you put wet paper out and then it dries, it's going to go crumply and stiff. Um, so I, I tend to use a, the – not the – you can use an orbital, but the sander polisher to sort of break that skin. But that pull, – pulling it over – a drum might be to break those fight those skin fibers to give it that flexibility and that softness later on. So do you, so you, you salt, then once you've done your salt solution, you hose it off, then you stretch it and then um, uh, tan it uh, in the tanning solution. Yeah. Yeah. Tanning solution. When do you get the, the old uh, sander out and give it a good, good hit? Yeah. So it's in the tanning solution for about a week. Obviously, when it's sort of, um, you can see it's gone all the way through. That's when, that's when you cut it on your video. Is that yeah, right? I usually cut it on the neck or somewhere that's inconspicuous. You're not going to see. Um, usually the thickest part because it's going to penetrate the thinnest part earlier. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, pin it out, add your leather lube, and then it's can be temperature dependent um, and humidity dependent of how long it actually takes for that leather lube to be completely absorbed and dry. Um, but when it is dry and you don't see any difference in coloration, that's when you that's when it comes off the board, and then start the breaking process. Okay, it's um, it's, it's unreal. It's um, you know, and and well done for your old boy to um, to to teach you that because um, my my dad's taught me a little bit, but not not in that detail. In that detail, um, my old boy used to shoot uh, rooskins, um, but never never ever detailed like that so i think he used to just salt them and hand them off to the um tannery from what i believe from i don't think i was even born when that was going on so um yeah it was um, yeah so fantastic mate thank you for, for sharing that with us and um guys if you haven't seen that video um head over um yeah check out rob's backyard and um you know you, you get to see the, the whole video uh, start to finish and um yeah, if you're like me and a bit of a, uh, a nerd when it comes to this stuff, download it and you can watch it while you're doing it out in the paddock. Um, so, mate, next one, I, I, I this is the video actually how I found you. Um, I As we had Breno on Breno's Outdoors um, last week, um, 
top bloke, by the way. And um, you guys have done a bit of hunting together. So um, tell us, tell us about that, mate. How how you how you guys meet? So I guess Breno and I are on similar paths with our hunting journeys, our YouTube channels, and what we're trying to do. And I guess people doing similar things always tend to sort of cross at some stage. And Breno and I had been talking for a little while, um, probably the previous year or so, and it's always always saying, mate, we should catch up for a hunt, we should do this. And obviously uh, life gets in the way, bookings and last minute, sometimes it just doesn't come together. But um, last year's rut, uh, I was like, yeah, I've already bo- booking so far in advance, trying to get a, a spot these days. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm heading out here on, on this, heading out here. And Breno's like, oh, me too, what dates? So it just happened that we're um, ending up at, at the same same forest at the same time. So, Worked um, out perfectly. yeah, Breno was up there Friday and I headed out after um, after work on Friday and they actually shot a stag in the morning and I was yeah, itching yeah. to get out the door and get up there. And, um, people who haven't seen it, go across and watch. I think Breno's got it under 20 this, – this, this year or last year's? Yeah, uh, this year's rough. This year's rough. I think yeah. there's two parts, um, and you, it's awesome because it's your it's his version, and then you see you you there salting your um, your stag, which I'm going to play in a second. Um, so it, it's just it's just awesome. I love it because um, you know yeah I don't know if he's I can't remember his pan yet a bit about your paddles, uh, which we're going to talk about in two seconds, but um, yeah. So there you go, guys. Proof is in the pudding connection um you know so breno and robert have made a connection so mate um try and pick the right video out first we'll go with this so talk us through um this situation and tell us what this thing is because it's pretty cool um so that's from not this year's rut, last year's rut, that yep. particular video. That um, little tool I've got, it's called a night and hail pack rattle or a pack rack. Yep. And it's essentially two pieces of hardened plastic that give you that simulation of um, antler, rat, antler, antler rattling. Um, yeah. I know a lot of guys carry antlers for that real uh, perfect sound, but as a sort of matter of saving space and not having antlers hanging off me, that's perfect. It just sort of clips to me belt and, um, yeah. It, it, it worked because um, not obviously not that clip, but you're in your video. You, you, did you know he was there or? Nice. Because this is the next video. Um, so, well, quickly, you tell the story, mate. Um, oh, it, just that whole 24-hour period was just so surreal. Um Obviously, hunting the rut, a lot of guys want to want to shoot shoot a stag, shoot a buck, and um, the boys are already there. I got there late at camp, late the previous night to camp, and um, in the morning we didn't draw straws. But after everyone picked directions, I sort of headed my own direction. And man, in the first oh, minute, two minutes of walking out of the pines, um, beautiful doe popped up in the creek bed and. I was always going to shoot meat first and then worry about it. So yeah. down, she, down she went in the first five minutes of my hunt. And, yeah, um, that was amazing. You just walked out. Oh, there she is. Bang. 
Yeah. Was it, from memory, was it two shots? Yes. Yeah, so I'm shooting with my Ruger. I'm shooting um, 150 grain soft points and on fallows, especially does. It's they're just whizzing straight through them at the moment. Um, and she she ran about 100, 150. Um, she had a yearling with her that I think she was looking out for. And sort of when I popped around the, re- the bottom of the creek bed, she always had the wobbles and that. And I, I put another one in her just to um, – obviously, we don't want animals suffering and, and the rest of it. Um, and then that's it, that where, where I hit her the second time she dropped. And um, so Yeah. For the, for the viewers and listeners, what's the what's your video called for this – for what we're talking about now? Uh, rattled rut. Buck, right, yeah, yeah. buck. Um, oh, okay. so then yeah, I was, I was back at camp pretty early, and um, Bruno <laughs> was still there. And he, he goes, Oh, what, what'd you get there? And then, so this, this, the that morning, I went for a bit of a scout in the area. I'd, I'd seen a uh, half a carcass, someone had chopped the head off, and that's taken right, one front leg or something. So, an utter waste, in my opinion, but yeah. Um, yeah. And I shot that doe in the morning. So I was like, listen, I did want to – I was heading that way in the morning, but I didn't quite get to where I was going. So I, I want to go back there, but I wasn't too yeah. um, confident with the area. Obviously, it had a lot of pressure and me walk, shooting and walk around in the morning. Uh, who knows how it affects the animals. Um, so, yeah, the wind was swelling. I sort of worked my way around a big knoll and um, found, a, found a scrape that – looked fresh and I was like, I'll continue on this path, found another scrape. And then the third one had, had piss in it. And I was like, man, mate, maybe there's still another, uh, uh, another buck in Maybe that's not just the only one. So I found a, a nice fallen down log and it had a sort of branch sticking over. And I was like, Oh, it'll be a good chance to sort of have a rattle here and, and see what comes up. And I still, I still remember the, Remember the exact moment I'm too busy looking into my camera, I'll give him a rattle and literally 10 seconds later, he stood up and you see I'm fumbling like an idiot trying to <laughs> grab your rifle and, and get prepared. And he's only trotting in there, but as as he gets, he started at uh, 150, 200, but as he got closer, he was really on the on the run. And um, I ended up yelling at him to get him to stop at 20 metres and, and pull the trigger. Um, but uh, yeah, it was... Just that whole experience, that hunt. Now he's not the biggest, and some people might go, "Oh, why'd you shoot a young animal?" But my all my hunts are an experience, um, and I try to take that. Uh, yes, he fills my freezer. I fill my freezer, um, which I did in the morning. But that experience and that memory will live with me forever. Um, and funnily enough, his skin is exactly the same as the doe skin. So, oh really? Yeah, I brought both skins home. Did both animals um, justice, and um, I'm actually going to put him in a frame, well, not the skin, frame it, and um, it's turned out real nice. So, oh, beautiful! Um, yeah. Did you keep? Did you keep his head, mate? Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, it is a trophy of some sort. Um, I feel the hunt and the experience is is more of the experience, but um, yeah, that comes home too, and 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 makes it makes a part of it. Um, yeah. Looking back on all, all my animals, um, probably every hunter, every animal they've taken, they can probably tell a story about, and that's an awesome thing about this. Yeah, no, exactly right. You're um, you're spot on. We got a question there from uh, Alexandra. Did you um, did you drop the ops offspring? Obviously, we know not. Uh, you didn't. Um, yeah, but <laughs> 
you know, th- those uh, those deer are hardy as, and that offspring would have walked away and, um, you know, should be still kicking around now. So, mate, tell us, is this um, – get me right here. Oh, I saw these scrapes, and I came a long way around in this gully just because I knew the wind was not so good. And I was just like, oh, this looks like a good tree. A nice bit of a gap there to sort of sit off. I sat down and I was just talking to you about how to use this pack rattle. And this fucker stood up 150 metres away and on each trot, started trotting. And he just, and he started only investigating him. And then as he got closer, he was, he was running faster and faster. And he got to like 20 metres almost past me. And I had to, had to broker him to get him to stop because he was on his way. Oh, and he's fucking dropped. He sort of spun around and then five metres he was there. So, mate, that's you. you. You've popped him. Well done. Congratulations. Um, and we've got Alex saying, no need to sec the, uh, second guess the, the buck, mate. It's like it's, it's a ripper. So, well done. Um, I'll see if I can find him in your pictures. And you tell me if I'm correct. Where are we? Uh, of course, I've gone backwards. Um and we'll talk about this fellow here in the, on the right too soon. Um, I'm going to try and find the right picture, mate. I've lost it. Oh, anyway, well, well, I'll find him while we're talking. That's him there. There we go. So beautiful skin. Look at that skin. That's just unreal. Um, yeah. And he was like in like primo condition. Like there was not he, – he had a little chip in, in behind one of his brows, so he had been fine, but there wasn't a scratch on him. He didn't smell like piss. He was like mint condition. He had so much fat on him and just a prime animal, like really healthy. Oh, mate, I, if I have the money next year, um, I'm, I'm going to try and get up there. Um, how, how far ahead do you need to book the forest? Um, how far ahead did you book that forest out, mate? Or, so you know, that forest, forest was probably – it is one of the more hunted during the rut, but – Last year with the COVID expansion of, of hunters, man, like everything in the Central West was booked. Like yeah. unless you had a booking, you weren't getting into one of those forests. So that was probably a six-week booking um, oh, and they're maxed out at eight weeks. So Yeah, okay. um, I, I did think they were maxed out at a, at a number. Um, I wasn't yeah, sure. 60 that. days. So um, yeah. if uh, that's another thing for, for research. If you're – don't know where you're going um and you're booking blind um or you haven't been to that forest like that's why you have to do so much work or that that's why i do so much work um to actually know which areas i'm going to hunt i'll still if if i can't get a book in that forest up until that that main booking or that main period i want to hunt i'm still going out there because you need to get that intel um especially closer to you want to know where their rut pads are you know want to know where that which route that buck's walking around and um and then you hope during the rut that yeah you actually cross paths with him because yeah you might spend a week out there and he might get you every day um well put all the effort in for that that's um i'd do that every day of the week if i could um you know like that's that's unreal it's a fantastic job mate and um congratulations because that's that's a ripper um thank you so mate you've also um You've got a couple of other big fellas. 
Tell us about this guy. Is this the same fella? That's the same guy. Yeah, that's the same guy. Same fella. That's a great yeah. picture, by the way. Um, I had to use it on the thumbnail because it was just like I saw it. The second I saw it, I was like, that's the picture. Um, you know, beautiful, beautiful, um, beautiful picture. So, mate, tell us about this guided hunt. You, you and your old boy go out, um, try and find the and – you, and you get a – your old boy gets two red, uh, a red stag and a – fellow stag and you get your, your your big chocolate um yeah tell us about that yeah so obviously it was for his 60 60th birthday and um dad's never shot nothing nothing massive um he shot a small a few small younger deer only fallow um and yeah i wanted to sort of do something important that way we could both um yeah both re re really enjoy like i was 30 as well and um I hadn't shot anything massive yet at that stage. I did shoot that um, that velvet one, um, which is probably my most memorable. But, yeah, we went down to Water Valley. Um, yes, it is fenced, but it's something like 300,000 acres. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – you literally see thousands of animals and you have to take it for the experience that it was. It's, it's not a hunting experience. I would probably call it a shooting experience, but – just being there and seeing the amount of animals and then going, okay, I want that animal there and then putting a stalk on, <clears throat> that's where it gets hard. You're not getting getting within 50 metres of an animal. Um, at, at that chocolate stag, the only reason I shot first because it was always dad get dad's animals and then me, um, but when the guide saw that chocolate, he goes, man, Rob, you're probably not going to find something better. It was late rut for down there. Um he didn't have any broken tips. He had a little bit scarred, but um, he's not massive at all. Like, he, he's a big animal, don't get me wrong. I would have shot 10 small animals that I saw there, hundreds of smaller animals, but some of the animals that come out of there are just absolute, like, elephants. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he said, Rob, you, we should probably go you first. And, man, there, there were 50 deer looking at me at first. So, well, three the clip's amazing. Um, everyone needs to go over and have a look because it's just like for me. I, I the first thing I said was holy, like that's ridiculous because um, you know you, you basically you just you get a, a, a tyrant and just go to town and you, you pick out fifty straight away. Um, but it was it was not just the the amount of deer. It was the quality of stags as well. Like yeah, that your your camera was fixed on the chocolate fella, but you had a stag to your left, which yeah, there was yeah three or four, three or four stags there that are all all in, in my books and like at times it was frustrating because coming for a state forest and I'm like man yeah that one then that one and that one and the guide's like no like you're here to shoot a, a big fellow we're gonna find you a quality fellow so um and that was through Bill the Tanner at Happy Hunting man he, a top bloke if anyone wants to go and experience something like that. Um, get down. What was the place called again, mate? Sorry. Um, so Water Valley has a few guides that run on there. Um, I went with um, Bill Tefaha, um, known yeah. as Bill the Tanner. He also does an awesome tanning job. Yeah. Um, okay. Through happy hunting, he's very hard to get a get a hold of, but um, a top bloke. Um, yeah. Full hunting lodge and everything. Cooks all your meals. Um, but yeah, if if you do go there, you have to take it for the experience it is. Um, yeah. Uh, Three hundred thousand acres, mate. It's. It's a big joint, so um, you know, and and like for, for me when I was guiding up in Cape York, you know, oh, 
you left more pigs alone than you, than you shot because you just because you don't want to. You, you got to come back and get them. You don't shoot the sows. Um, yeah, and, and those guys will be doing exactly the same. Um, yeah, it's just it's just awesome. Um, you know, they, they got that many. They got that many deer there. That apparently they've got a professional shooter that shoots twenty a night just for meat. So, oh, what? Yeah, so, so they're saying it's fenced, but technically it's not. It's you know, it's they're they're free free range. So I got a question here for you, mate. Um, and we're going to go back to this because it's it's a, it's it's a great. I love it. We're going to. Uh, Jill, Julian says, do you have any interest in hunting some other larger game up north? Oh, that's a good question. question. A question that's been posed to me from a mate, which is what's next? Um, my next is a, a New South Wales State Forest Red. That's um, that's what I'm really after. Um, and it's it's people can shoot fallow that like quite regularly, but a, a good quality State Forest Red. Look at look at Profty, the the god of State Foresting, like the red he shot last year, like that. Something of that caliber, even just a red. Um, that's my next bucket list. Um, chittle up north. I'd love to shoot a chittle. I think they're probably the most beautiful animal. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you what what's a better skin, a chittle or a fellow? Yeah, I. When we went there, there was plenty of chittle about as well. My my wife ordered one, but um, we had to make sure we had to tick dads off first. So I'll I'll definitely be going back. Um, because I don't think I'm ever going to get access or find them in state forest to be honest i've heard whispers but i don't think i'm going to find them in a state forest um but yeah probably uh a far north chittle um i'd like a let, let me know North. let me know when you're doing it because i'll um I've, I've got a contact so um yeah let me let me know and i'll i'll, I'll meet you up there so. um but probably the others on the list um I guess everyone would like to shoot a buff at some stage. I don't think I'm there yet. Um, I've got a couple animals, um, overseas animals. Um, a sicker, I'd love to shoot a sicker. I was just thinking they're cross between cheetle, fallow, and a red, and they're just like a real majestic animal. Um, so you're going to New Zealand next before you head up north, eh? Probably, yeah, probably. Um, and then mountain goat. Those, those oh, things, yeah. like, those things that look like yetis. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really I'd cool. love to shoot one of those. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's a, that one's a long way away. I think they've got a pretty hefty price ticket. And yeah, um, yeah, it's, um... but yeah, it, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I've ne never really thought about what was next. I've always chased what, what I could great chase. Question. Uh, yeah. Great question, Dylan. Um, it's a it's a cracker because um, you know a buff buffaloes are always great. You know. Um, I, I, I love talking about yeah you know, your dream hunts because it's just it's all so good. Um, but it also I, pushes you pushes you to get there. Like if yeah. you're not thinking about what's next, like yeah, what do you, what do you? That's why we do it. You know, like um, yeah. I did, I've done BSB for it's five years this year, and um, you know I've met some fantastic people along the way. And um, so I can't look at my hair. I need a haircut. Um, yeah, I. I you meet some fantastic people along the way and um, um, through through this and through the old boy, we've, we've gained some access to a property in New Zealand. So um, hopefully next year um, I'm going to shoot a stag over there. So um, Yeah, that'd be know. awesome. Yeah. So, oh, you never know. You, 
I'm happy to go. I'm just happy to go for a look. I don't care if I shoot anything. I just just want to get out of the car and, and have a look around. So I've um, got a few more questions, a few more um, boys. When talking about fellow, we refer to boys as bucks. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and yeah, David Burgess, Rob and his old men are both legends. Couldn't agree more. And uh, Alexandra just put up a quick laughing one. So I, 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 I love the whole, um, you know, talking and dreaming about, so, you know, going over New Zealand hunting there and going over to Alaska. And um, one of my dreams would be to you know, shoot a big old grizzly over in Kodiak Island. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably want a big gun for that because uh, scare, scare the shit out of me. <laughs> because uh, you, you get that shot wrong, it's not going to be, um, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's another question. Uh, hunting New Zealand uh, is something else. Yeah. Jump on the opportunity. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, Cody, I couldn't agree more because, um, yeah, I think, the, I think the senior as well. Like you don't, you don't get that. Well, maybe high country would probably be your closest. We don't really get that scenery and that yeah. that real adventure. Like every hunt's an adventure, um, yeah. and I guess going to New Zealand would just be yeah. an adventure itself. As you as you said, if you get to see animals, even better. If you take one, even better again. But just going yeah. there and doing it is is it would be epic as it was. Ah, oh, I, I think. You know, it's going to be quite difficult. I can't take my own gun. Um, I could, but it's a, it's a family holiday first, and I'm um, prioritising. So drone drone is one because I want that that beautiful you know scenery picture, um, and obviously a couple of cameras which will take the scenery in. But um, I I really hope we get it sorted out and planned. Um, if not, I'll I'll be going over again next year by myself. Um, don't care. I just, I just want to do it and say it's just one of those things. It's just um, that's that's probably the better option. Yeah, it's money. <laughs> it's money, mate. It's money. Um, yeah. yeah, it's um, you know that's why um, we do Patreon and, and why we do you know memberships and stuff and you know try. I, I don't push that stuff too much because it's just you know I don't I don't like asking people for money. I just rather people watch my stuff and enjoy it. Um, you know, get get paid in the in. YouTube ad sense, so to speak, and that, that's all I really care about. Or, um, you know, if people go and buy um, shirts through my um, details down below, I, I get a couple of dollars. That's all I you know, just keep me happy. So, yeah, it's, it, you can talk about hunting over there and, you know, also Alaska um, for, for hours. It's just something, you know, I just love it. So, yeah, it's another world, but, isn't it? It's another world. Yeah, yeah no, it is. It definitely is. Um, and I, I want to get a bit, a bit more into backpack hunting, um, you know, a bit more, so to speak, state forest, get in there, state forest or uh, Victoria and, and do the backpack and disappear for a week and, um, you know, really just depending on what you've got in the back of you and, and just heading off and um, spotting and glassing. And I, I need to lose probably 15, 20 kilos before I do that. But um, for, some, for some reason I can still keep walking Ks and I, I keep – keep traveling the distances so um, yeah so anyway i got a couple more questions for you what kind of gear you going mate what kind of gear you're using and and you know because you've you've got um i'll go back to the guided hunt too so what what kind of gear you're wearing there what's that stuff um so that's just uh and i think it's one of dad's old ridgeline um fleeces um and the pants are just uh they're from Decathlon. They're, it's called Solignac. I think it's a European brand. And um, 
they just are real comfy, um, yeah. lightweight, uh, breathable, all these all these sort of things you expect. And um, I'm actually yeah, going to wearing a fair bit too, mate. So yeah, I'm actually going to order the jacket from they they stopped um, selling it here in Australia, so I'm going to order a, a bunch from the states because I, I do thoroughly enjoy like it and it it fits it's comfortable and does what's supposed to do so um i don't really have much of that of anything like the big boys have q or hunter's element and um yeah just sort of stick with how and i think i hunted in me in my my dad's old king g's and general (laughs) stuff for however however long um had his old hand me down caribbean backpack which (laughs) wore itself out and um I guess it's one of those things you can go out and buy everything, but unless you're sort of working your way up to it, and yeah, um, yeah. that's it, man. It's 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 you know it's it's what you can afford, and um, you know I, you know if people some people don't get it, oh well, I would just spend all that money, you know you, you know like I got chickens out the back, and I try and grow my own veggies and all that kind of thing, and then people go, oh, why do you do it? Why don't you go to the supermarket? Well, you know. Because it's, it's different, you know. I don't, I don't like going. I hate going to supermarket. Yeah. But you I'm know where, know, know yeah. where you get your food from. You know what's what's in it, and you're self sustainable. And um, I guess that's yeah. what, what the bottom line is for a lot of a lot of us hunters. Um, yeah. We we want to get our meat from sustainable ways. We want to get it like venison is probably one of the best meats out there. Um, yeah, and the nutrition um, value is just yeah you know, yeah. Hear Joe Rogan um, talk about elk like it's um, it's superhuman, but um, you know I think it's nine times leaner than I think it's nine times leaner than um, beef from memory. Um, once yeah. you start eating eating um, uh, venison and you and you eat it continuously, you kind of realise beef is really fatty. Um, it, it, it's, it's, I was having this conversation with a mate the other day that. I, I never used to be a steak buyer when I go out um, for dinner, but now because I eat venison so regularly, I will actually enjoy that as a as a as a treat. Not that venison's bad at all. I love the venison. Um, yeah. But you realize how much fat it is, and I guess that's sort of a um uh, yeah. a, a treat in a way. Um, I will get a, a nice steak when we're out. Um, but yeah, something to add with the venison, I'll, I'll find because I'll defrost a bunch of meat at a time. If I'm eating that for a week, that just the way your body feels, and um, we see out going too much detail, but your stool and that, like your body just processes it so much differently, and you feel so much better. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, then if I could eat game meat all the time, I would. Um, I I haven't put the video out yet. Still editing. Just haven't haven't been a bit slack this week because I'm in sick. But um, I last last weekend I think I went out. Yeah, no, the weekend before um, went hunting with Dan Gould, a good mate of mine, and um, we we got a, a mob of pigs there. We ended up getting it. Yeah, it was flat out being 15 kilo um, sucker. But you know, the dogs got it. Uh, I wanted to fill the freezer up, and you know it. it I've got it out in the sink, thawing out now. Um, Dan and I ate the leg um, while we were there. Stupidly enough, I didn't actually film it. Um, we were both exhausted from waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I just, we cooked it and I just 
I've showed the whole butchering. I've showed everything else, but it didn't didn't show us eating it. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just there's nothing better than free meat. Um, you know, pay a hundred bucks fuel to get out there, and you come back with eighty kilos or sixty kilos or whatever worth of meat. I think it's paid for a trip. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, I got a question here from Alex Alexander. Uh, where is it? Uh, what what prefer caliber and why? Two four three. Um, two four three. Okay, I didn't expect two, four, that. One. Yeah, two four three over the three oh eight. Um, especially shooting fallow quite regularly. Um, you can sh- shoot anything from a fox. Yeah, it puts a big hole in a fox. You even shoot bunnies. There's nothing much left of the bunny, but it's such a versatile caliber. Um, I find we're actually shooting. We moved up from 80, shooting 80 grains um, in it, and we just had in the forest deer still travel 150 metres to 200 metres, like even with well-placed heart shots, double lungs. Um, and in some of the state forests you hunt, they go 50 metres. They get into the blackberries or they get into the thick stuff. Like, they're gone. Like, um, we have lost one deer, Um that my dad shot and that's a sad story that one but yeah. like we've that's when you need the dog <laughs> yeah we didn't didn't have didn't have scout at that stage so that was another sort of thing to put him to yeah. go on my list to get the dog but yeah honestly, we, we, honestly i didn't think you'd say two four three but it's um it's such a popular gun um uh, yeah know, I think it's so versatile too for people starting out like you can put many around through a two four three and really get comfortable with shooting a, a rifle. It's definitely not up there with the highest kicking. Um, no. It, it really lets you settle into... Um, it's a, it's a perfect the, beginner gun for, for deer and up because I, the, I'm pretty sure state forest regulation, correct me if I'm wrong, is 243 and up. Um, New South Wales doesn't... New South Wales doesn't have a... Um, they only have a recommendation. Oh, as a recommendation, okay. Recommendation oh, in Victoria, it's yeah. it's two four three for fallow and two seventy up. Okay. For your reds, reds and samba, yeah. Um, but yeah, New South Wales only has a recommendation. Um, there you go. But you still want to pick obviously the right rifle for what yeah. you're doing. Um, Sustainability. But, you want that right shot to do the right job. Yeah, like you you want to make the ethical shot with the right caliber. Um, but yeah, my, my choice of the two four three, especially for shooting fallow. Um, yeah, we we've gone up from the eighty grains to ninety five um, SSTs. It does a bit of damage inside, yeah, but that animal ninety percent of the time is going to drop on the spot. Um, especially especially if we if you put it through the shoulder. Some people prefer behind the shoulder. Those we are behind the shoulder. Um, well, that's where we're putting it. Double lungs, um, yeah. but. On a, on a stag, I'm sorry, let's say buck if we're doing fallow, um, I'm, I'm putting it right on the tip of that shoulder, even just behind it. Um, yeah. Yes, you lose a leg or you lose that top part of the meat, but you want to mobilise it into you hitting bone. That bone's going th- everywhere throughout its heart and lungs as it is, um, as well as hitting the vitals. So that's my go-to. Um, reds, I'll be uh, using my 308 this year. Um a bit of a bigger caliber um, and hoping to have the same effect, choose the right caliber for the right game you're hunting. Yeah. The, the reds, um, the old boy uses his 270 and um, yeah, it's a, it, you, they're quite a fair bit bigger. The reds, especially those big stags that, you know, another 80, 60 to 80 kilos on a fellow. 
um, yeah. you know, a serious, serious bit of animal when they come out and you, you first see them. Like I remember seeing um, when I was hunting the Brisbane Valley, there's a, a couple of red stags, well, not probably more does and a couple of reds and a couple of chittle in between them. And just they, they just made the, you know, the chittle look like dwarves. It was just you know, huge. Um, yeah, and then go Samba on top. I haven't had the opportunity to hunt Samba yet, but go Samba on yeah. top again. Like, I, I guess that's a, a good leading to for people that that are starting out, starting out. But knowing your limits, like shooting the animal, animals, the the first the first part of the process. Like, if you can't then pack out that animal and do like if you're just shooting it just for the head or just for front legs or back legs, like that was a hell that animal's gone to waste. Yeah, you get a bit out of it, but if you are not up to the um, the job or ability of doing the rest of the process, you need to take a step back. Um, well, you need someone to mentor you and, and and go through that and say, listen, like maybe you shouldn't be shooting a red or maybe you shouldn't be shooting a, a sandbar or let's maybe start with smaller game. No, I agree there, mate. Um, I only think I wouldn't. I wouldn't keep the skin on a red. They're, um, yeah, a little bit <laughs> gristly. Those things. Um, I've shot a few reds, and uh, the hairs, yeah, not very nice. Um, that's from from my experience. But um, probably make probably could do something with it. But I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be making a rug out of the uh, the skin of a red. That's all. Oh, yeah. uh, makes good uh, makes good venison, but uh, sorry, good jerky, I should say. Awesome yeah, jerky. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm yet, yet to shoot one myself. I'm hopefully next year um, that changes. But uh, yeah, I think in, in some of the areas I've been walking, um, that skin will be staying behind, sadly, and I'll be doing the trips <laughs> back for, for the meat. Um, and yeah, the, the skin will be staying behind. Uh, if it, oh, if it's a representable stag, and he'll obviously come out whole. Yeah. Um, oh, well, we'll cape him out. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. If if it's a day, I, I do think I'll leave that one behind. Yeah. There's just something about the hair. Um, it just falls out. I, I, um, you know, like I'm the, you know, I've only shot a couple with Dad, and Dad shot plenty. But we were all doing it for pest control. Um, and just the hair was just real grisly, and, and it kept falling out. And um, yeah, just weird. But you know, I, I love it. You know, I just love the the, the taste of it. Um. You know, we would take home the old, we'd take home pretty much all of it, and um, the farmer would take a fair bit because he had a squillion cattle dogs. So, yeah. um, yeah, drive up. You don't want wouldn't want to drive up to his driveway. Um, you get munched. So, um, <laughs> uh, Xander's on fire with the questions tonight. Uh, well, want to give you the vitals. Couldn't agree more, mate. Yeah, hit him in the um, hit him in the bread basket. Uh, they're not going to go too far. It's um, one of those things. It's just a drop like a potato. Once you once you hit him, only going to go yeah, hundred meters at tops. Probably a little bit more if it's um, yeah. But hit him in that in the bread basket. It's it's normally over pretty quickly. Uh, I, I did want to go back to here. We, we'll try and wrap it up soon. But um, so mate, you got you got the old boy got uh, where is it? The old boy got this fella. What a what a ripper. Ah oh, damn it. Um, we'll go back to this and we'll call it quits after this. You, you got the chocolate fella, so talk us through because um, – where are we? There we go. Talk us through your, your guided hunt because oh, I loved it. Um, it's fantastic footage for people who, who want to see um, Robert in his, in his element. Um, 
it's it's an awesome bit of bit of uh, footage, mate. And and congratulations on the uh, and your old boy uh, on the red and the um, on the fellow. So you talk us through it, mate. Yeah. So obviously the fellow was that um, the first morning, pretty in the, in the first couple of hours. Um, the fellow was three hundred out, and the wind was blowing a gale, and I I wasn't in a wasn't confident enough to take that shot. Um, every time you'd feel confident, you'd get a big gust of wind. So we ended up crawling 150 metres through a paddock with 50 eyes looking at us and trying <laughs> to not be seen. And, um, yeah, that, that fellow, um, the chocolate one, was, was it all came together. It was, it was yeah, just, just surreal, that experience. Um, and then that after, head, Sorry? You take his head home? Uh, yeah, so the heads are um, the Cape. He stayed with Bill, the tanner. He he tanned it, um, and the heads still at um, B and B Taxidermy um, yep. in Sydney here. So um, we're still waiting on those. But um, he does some awesome work. So I can't do wait you, to see him again. It's been a, been a little bit. Do you mind? Do you mind me asking? Because um, I've I've never actually done any. Um, taxi jobs but um can you tell us do you mind telling us the price and and the waiting list if you don't mind or is your wife watching and waiting behind the wall with a, a steak knife no that's all right um so that that fellow's about 900 and i think that's pretty um, that's pretty I good i'd happily pay that yeah across the board nine nine hundred a thousand ish um to to get just a, a normal a simple shoulder mount um yep. So and he's been at B and B since the end of last April. Yeah. Um, but then this guy, the some of the work this guy does, it's it's well worth the wait. Um, so yeah. It's, normally twelve months, hey. It's, yeah. If you're not if you're not waiting twelve months or around that twelve months, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe keep looking because the the good guys are are, are well booked out. Um, yeah. And for, for good reason, that is. Um, oh, the, it's, it's amazing some of the guys, um, the jobs that come out. It's just unreal. Yeah, yeah you, you want someone to to recreate that animal as you yeah. saw it. You, you you don't want to sort of go, let's. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's where it's at. I, I can't wait to to get him back and, and just relive it again with Dad. Like, I, I, every time I see it and I'll watch my videos – more than what dad does, but um, I can't wait to see dad's eyes when he gets those animals back. So he's got that that monster fellow, which he actually um, we couldn't get up. We saw him the night before and couldn't get onto him, and then this following afternoon, we saw him making the same route. So and dad was able to get a shot on him the second day. So just look at those palms; they're just they're just yeah, like flies. Those things, yeah, just huge. So. Um, and then he, he got a red on the last day in like the final hour, so a real long, not not super, not super large, but he was long and um, a real old brute. So um, yeah, just when he gets those, I think he's he's gonna go through all those emotions again. Um, and be pretty happy. So uh, it's 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 an awesome um, awesome. Yeah, I love watching it, and I watched it a few times this afternoon, and. Um, over the week, I've watched it a few times. My um, my partner's probably sick of um, hearing the wind whistle and the and um, your dad's your dad saying something, saying what well, or the or the guide is saying something behind your shoulder, saying I'll mm. oh, just wait. The wind's going and 
I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's great footage, mate. So well done and um, congratulations on that. That's, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's especially to get taxidermied, um, it's a oh, like unreal. Like that that will be on the wall for you the rest of its life, your life. And um, so with a big chocolate fella because that's just unreal. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful bit of – quickly before we go, what's the story with this fella? So this is probably my one of my most oh, they're all memorable, but this is <laughs> this is one of my first solo hunts by myself, um, and this was one of those summers scouting um, late January, um, and, I'm, and I was thinking to myself on the way out there, I better not see something in velvet, I better not see something in velvet, and sure enough, I shot a yearling in the morning, stocked up on stocked up on meat, and then I drove to another forest, and yeah, half an hour this guy's feeding behind some bushes and I just see these antlers just like walking across the top of the bushes backwards and forwards. And I sat there for about 10 minutes just watching this guy feed and um, yeah, he, he popped out and um, that's when we're still shooting the 80 grain projectiles and he um, shot him. I knew I hit him because he bucked up hard, but it was about 150 meter shot and over a hill he sort of, he ducked off and there was all these different directions. There was no, there was no blood, um, cause the 80 soft points just stayed in and, um, another reason why we moved to the 95, um, SSTs and I'm walking backwards and forwards and I'm scratching my head and I'm freaking out going, I've got a wounded animal somewhere or I lost an animal. And this, this is at the bottom of a dry Creek or a big washout. And he had gone and buried himself in there. That is all I saw from the top of this Creek and, like that's like half an hour later I'm walking around scratching my head and like just as a hunter, it's the worst thing when you've shot an animal and you know, you've hit it. Like I know I knew I hit it. I didn't see blood, but I knew I hit him based off his reaction. Um, yeah. Heard the thump, like, you know, it's there. And I was like, man, where is he? And then finally find it at like six thirty. sun's going down and he, he was so fat. He had like, an inch and a half, two inches of fat on him. I couldn't get him. I managed to drag him up just to that little ledge and and butcher him. And I'm like, man, I, I like got to get out of here. I've got to save this velvet. Like, if anything, I want the meat, of course, but I've got to save this velvet and like really yeah. do this justice and um, not planning on shooting something in velvet, which I probably psyched myself out of driving up there. But he, um, I, reached out and a hunter locally half hour away said he had some formaldehyde. Now this shit is really volatile and really potent stuff. So if you are going to use it, guys, man, hazmat, thick gloves, respirator, everything, all the rest of it, like it will do you serious health um, damage. So just be wary of that as a warning. Um, so yeah. Just before you go any further, you're saying velvet and you're using a chemical and just tell the guys what you're actually doing for, because a lot of guys are um, a bit green because most of us BSB guys are pig hunters. So just tell us what you're doing to the velvet, mate, with the, so the, the, the velvet. The velvet is as the deer is growing their antler. It's as, uh, as the material velvet, it's that soft outer growth. Obviously when they drop their antlers each year, the then cycle starts again and the blood, it's a hormonal response. The, um, let's call it blood vessels and their coronets open up and they start to then grow for the next year. And it will have that sort of skin, that velvet over yeah. it. 
It feels oh, really, really nice. It's beautiful. Yes. Beautiful uh, touch. He actually lives on my wall. Oh, there he is. <laughs> he, lives, he lives on my wall. So you can see. So you bleached it a little bit? No, that, that is all velvet. Oh, so the skull's bleached, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yep. but that's, that's all. So, so you've you reached out to that hunter, mate. What's... Um, so yeah, so I, I, I said I'd um I put it out there. I'd shot one, and I'm on the search for for Maldahide or for Marlin, whatever I could get my hands on to save it. And he had a similar situation, and someone had passed on him a bunch of it. So oh. he he was sort of giving back as well, which is really cool. And um, yeah, pricked all the tips, did all, tried to do as much research as I could. The forest being that forest, particularly four hours away. I shot it, found it at six, shot it at 5.45, got it at 6.30, finished butchering 8 o'clock in the car, 8.30, at home at after midnight, and then I was on the computer all night trying to get in contact, research how to save it, and, yeah, pricked all the tips upside down. Um, so what's the, what's that chemical doing, but, like, is it? Is, I, it's, is it's a preservative. I believe it's what they use on dead bodies and that oh. to – to preserve it and not have it rot. Um, I don't actually yeah. know what it does chemically, but it um, probably someone else could help me out here. It actually, it, that velvet is stayed on, on there um, yeah. and it hasn't actually peeled off. I do have a few parts that split because he was, he only had a, like a half inch at the top that wasn't fully hard. The rest late January, he was hard all the way through. Yeah, um, okay. So that's probably a once in a lifetime for me as well. Yeah. Um, Another reason if anyone's why watching and, and there's quite a few people watching. If anyone knows about this stuff, chuck it in a comment um, so we can talk about it. Cause it's just, it's, um, it's fascinating. Cause I've never, well, like I said to you, I've never taxidermied. A, I've, I've caped things out, but never for myself. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting to, you know, especially the chemical you, you, you chuck it on the body. It's um, on the, antlers it's just unreal so yeah and i believe there's a company in the states i think they're velvet or antler technologies or um and they're actually doing spray on stuff that's not as potent so um that's definitely something i'll look into um to obviously be a little a lot less hazardous um (laughs) to yeah spray on and, and preserve velvet as it as it is um so yeah that's something to look into um that's what i that's what I knew about the time, and that's what I got my hands on. But so, no, that's 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 awesome, mate. Um, it's good you got him on the wall. Um, you know, you you, you bleached the, the skull, and you've got him on the wall, and he probably tasted delicious. So, um, yeah, well done, congratulations. Uh, I've got to go through. So we've got the, we've shown that film, mate. I think I think we've done. We've we've actually reached an hour and a half. So, um, time flies. Um, yeah. So, oh, here we go. Is a glue. Sand is on the game. I can't even say that first word. Former hide. Former hide is one in a paint glue and particle. There you go. So, thank you very much, Xander. I appreciate it. That's um. There you go. I'll um. I'm gonna have to take a screenshot of that when I um get off this and keep it for um a rainy day. So for anyone who who wants it, that's the, the stuff. Um. Mate, tell us quickly before you go, or wrap it up. Uh, how do we find you? Um, what's the what's the story? Um, you know, how do we find you, and how do we get in contact with you if 
any state for you know are you letting people contact you and for help or tips and tricks uh, for skinning and stuff like that um or even state forest hints and tips yeah absolutely um and i do try to sort of help out as many people as i can alex is actually probably a, a really big um uh i played a big role in my life a, a big mentor um uh for helping people out as he helped me out was like when i begun so um yeah if, if anyone wants to reach out um or get needs help with anything um they can contact me at whiskey adventures on instagram or um, check out my youtube channel um whiskey adventures that's whiz with an i uh yeah w-i-z not w-h-i-z um yeah um the blokes i have helped out um yeah like putting putting guys onto their first years is a pretty cool feeling um yeah. and when they get back to you and they're like you can just feel it like even though sometimes it's a phone call or a text message and just how grateful people are for, for getting their first year. And then they go on to do it to someone else. Like, and this is what this hunting community, we need to keep doing. We need to keep that positive interaction because man, state forests are frigging hard. Like, and if, if we're not growing and we're getting smaller, that's something that's going against us. So um, keeping that culture going, keeping that positivity um, and taking people under our wing that are starting out or, man, are just having a tough time. Like, um, yeah, we, that's what we, we need to do and that's a, a big thing what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and no, I, could, I couldn't agree more, mate. That's um, well said. It's um, so, so good what you're saying and what you're doing. Um, this was obviously um, this guy you've put up a post about this, um, this, this week. This- Sorry, this is actually right? Alex. This is the guy with the questions. This is Alex. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is Alex. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So he's the wild food meister. Um, and that's his oh, new venture. And um, yeah, just an awesome bloke. Like you, you can see we're at the top of a mountain and I, I'm all ears. I'm trying to soak up as much knowledge as I can from this guy um, because, yeah, he's got some ama- amazing adventures, amazing stories, and then – what he actually does and his subsistence lifestyle is just, yeah, incredible. Um, oh, you should have said. You should have said it sooner. I was, <laughs> I was wondering who this Alex guy is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alex, are you, are you still watching Alex? He's probably gone now. He's just uh, he's just wrote up a thing saying, "See, you boys, have a good session." So, um, yeah, yeah. I wish you'd tell me sooner. That's. Um, yeah. I feel I feel like an idiot now. That's no good. Um, no, no. I'll have, to, I'll have to get him on next time with with you, and um, you can. And tell us about you know the adventures. Clearly, that's a beautiful picture, mate. That's just unreal. Yeah, uh, that that that's nine hundred meters straight up, and like, yeah. uh yeah, I, I feel I'm relatively fit, but man, Alex is like, he he's a goat, and like he, he's the goat wizard. Like he he's known for his goat hunting and and what he does um, with his goats, with goat cooking all his animals. Um, just yeah, amazing person. Amazing well, human I being. hope you're still watching. I, I, I cut it short too quickly there. It's um, we, we, you should have mentioned him earlier. It's um, I was wondering who this Alex guy is commenting on. So I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, Alex. Um, it's yeah. I'm I'm still I'm still learning everyone, and I'm still trying to um, you know, learn everyone. Everyone's um, you know, I'm not a New South Wales hunter. I'm not a Victoria hunter. I'm I'm based in Queensland, and the majority of my stuff's been peak hunting. So um. Yeah, you know, I, I, deer fascinate me. It's um, just something I can't 
can't wait to get into. And like I said to you over the phone, uh, sorry, before we started, um, I hope my partner's not watching because um, she said to me, she goes, oh, um, what's your goals for next year? And I was, I've kind of started naming BSB goals, which is pretty embarrassing. It was not about uh, us or um, financials or anything like that. It was all about, um, you know, I want to shoot a, I want to shoot a fellow deer. I don't care if it's, I just want to shoot one. Um, I just want to get on camera. Um, just so much, yeah. But you know, New Zealand's obviously my, my first key point, and um, if money could grow on trees, it'd be fantastic. But that's one thing that just. Um... So I apologise, Alex, uh, for. Uh, you're chucking all those wonderful comments in and I'm, I'm sitting there having no idea who you are. So next time we'll get you on, Alex, as well, if, you, if you're keen and get, get you all in. I, I can actually do four ways and three ways on, on this app. Um, get Breno in and, and get yourself on there, mate, and we can have a big old chat. All right, guys. So thank you very much um, for watching. We've actually had a, a really good, um, stream. Lots of people have been watching and I don't think we've actually got under five people watching, which is fantastic. Normally it's, a, um, you know, the numbers are high and low. So big thank you, uh, Robert, for, for watching. Um, everyone who, who wants to watch Robert's stuff, it's WizKids Adventures on YouTube. It's fantastic. Um, give the man comments, give the man a like and a share because it, it's, um, I don't think he gives himself enough credit personally. Um, so Head over to um, WizKids Adventures. On, on, I'll put all the links below uh, on YouTube um, and, and check it out. So um, thank you for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. It's been an awesome chat. And, um, Thanks, Lawson. It's, yeah, uh, it's been fun. I, 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 I'm going to – seriously, I'll get you on again and um, we'll get Alex and, uh, and Breno on and we'll, we'll keep talking because it's, it's just um, – I've learned a lot tonight by um, talking about skinning and – um, you know, that, that word I'll never be able to say, former. Uh, now, <laughs> so, yeah, um, appreciate coming on, mate. And, um, yeah, I'll, everyone who wants to uh, listen to this again, it's on, be on podcast by tonight, hopefully. Um, if not tomorrow morning, I'll put it in my Instagram and Facebook uh, stories. So um, thanks for coming on, mate, and uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.